Welcome to the MILF Bod Podcast. Mindful, intuitive, lifestyle, fitness. An all-encompassing wellness resource for women featuring some of the most successful, influential mothers and experts out there. I'm your host, Cherokee Luker, mother, model, fitness trainer, and wellness enthusiast. Join me as we dive into all things MILF. Welcome back to the MILF Bod Podcast, fam. I am so beyond thrilled and honored to be here with my guest, Kim Schraub, today, who is the creative director at Skims and just an absolute visionary and icon in the fashion industry. Kim's success as a designer and creative has led her to work with so many incredible brands such as Buffalo Jeans, Abercrombie & Fitch, Victoria's Secret's Love Pink, Yeezy, and now Skims. Her fearless approach to life is super inspiring and the fact that she's always on the pulse of what trends are going to take off is just a true testament to what a creative genius Kim is. And not gonna lie, I was a little nervous and intimidated at first to do this interview, but after hearing Kim's story and listening to her talk about her relationship with her two sons and friends, my heart just absolutely melted and my guards completely fell down. This episode is such a great reminder to follow your gut instincts, know that it's okay to sacrifice yourself for your children's quality of life, and that humble beginnings can bring you to amazing destinations. Kim is such a boss and an amazing mother, and I am truly so excited to share this episode with you all. Enjoy, everybody. All right, you guys, calling all creatives of LA or anyone traveling to the LA area in need of an event space, photo studio, content location, video space, production services, or grip services. Issue Studio is a unique photo, video, and event space, and Issue offers full-service production in an exclusive, intimate, and private boutique environment. The space is so beautifully curated, you guys, and I can't tell you how many shoots I've done at Issue that have turned out to be some of my favorite shoots to date. Not to mention a bunch of amazing events I've attended over the years where the studio gets completely transformed into the best atmosphere for the perfect party. Also, you guys, the wallpaper in the makeup room is absolutely iconic and it's perfect for the Instagram feed. So I highly recommend Issue Studio for any brand or any influencer looking to elevate their image. It is seriously the most beautiful studio I've ever shot at. And I've shot at a lot of studios here in LA and it's just so clean. It's centrally located. There's a huge parking lot, which is huge here in LA. So go check it out at issuephotostudio.com to find more details about how you can book this amazing space for your next photo shoot, video production, content creation, party, event, whatever it is that any of you creatives need here in LA, Issue Studio has got you. So go check it out. All right, babe. So we are live and recording. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for being here. So you and I met through a mutual friend, Lisa and Isaiah. And Isaiah is a designer at Guess. How do you know them, by the way? Isaiah and I worked together at Abercrombie & Fitch starting in like 99. Oh my gosh. And so we've been friends since then and 
he and Lisa have been together since then. So yeah, we worked together then. And then we left Abercrombie and went to go work at Victoria's Secret. Well, I went to go work at Victoria's Secret. And then he came on pretty soon, like a couple of years later, maybe. Oh, that's so cool. So we were there for a really long time together, did a lot together, traveled together. And then we both left there around the same time. And then both ended up in L.A., and now both in Malibu. Yeah, because you guys were in New York. Mm-hmm. He moved out here a few years before I did, but he went to go work at Gas. Wow, yeah. Closest, so, like, family friends forever. I know. They're such great people. And we met, was I pregnant when I met you? I think I was yeah. pregnant. Just, yeah. Super cute pregnant girl. <laughs> Cutest. <laughs> and I think you had either Thurston with you, right? I think Thurston was with you one of the time. I yeah. Don't, I don't remember. Probably Thurston. So yeah, we met there and then you are also the creative director at Skims. And so I've been doing some fit modeling for Skims as well. So we see each other, you know, from time to time during a presentation here and there. So that's how we kind of know each other and met. Yeah. So yeah, I would love for you to just tell me your story and tell the audience your story of where you kind of grew up. And I know you went to RISD, right? Yeah. How did you use it? How did you did, find did, all this out? I did some research. <laughs> I, I I saw a hashtag on your Instagram that said hashtag RISD. Really? Yeah. There, I think there's like a throwback photo of you and one of your friends. Yeah. There's an Instagram called 90s Art School. And it's so yes. cool. For the longest time, I never knew who did it. Uh-huh. And somehow I think I got tagged in it once. And then I looked at it and I was like, everyone on this Instagram, I know them all. So it's got to be someone now I know who does it. Okay, yeah. He actually, like, he's gotten some traction, gotten some, like, New York Times articles and whatever. But wow. pictures are so fun because when I was in college and in the 90s at art school, it was such, like, an, an iconic time. I don't feel like, oh, you know, I, I don't bet. feel like there's anything like that right now. Anything as cool as that time felt right I now. Know. Maybe you just feel like when you were younger in those kinds of years, that time period was great. But I feel like right now, like, the young people are growing up and isn't as cool as I know. It's so different nowadays than what it was like, especially in the 90s. I feel like it must have been so fun going to college in the 90s. Mm -hmm. So where did you grow up? I grew up in New York, Queens, Long Island, mostly. Grew up in New York and went to school in Rhode Island at RISD. Yeah. That's amazing. That's such an iconic school. Was it hard to get into? Like, have you always been super creative, like from a young age? Yeah, I was super clear about like what I wanted to do. Okay. Probably a very young age. Parents in the sort of similar industry and kind of spent like whatever time I had, like organizing my closet. My mom worked in a clothing store. I was always like, cool, you know, into organizing clothes and like organizing full like looks and vibes, not so much like sitting and sewing or drawing. I was more into like the bigger picture. Cool. I think it translated. Definitely. Because your story is absolutely amazing. You've worked for so many huge brands. What are some of the brands that you've worked for? There hasn't been that many. Basically everything I've done, I've done for like a good chunk of time. So I've felt like I could actually Make make a difference and then walk away. Out of school, I had a sort of small, that was the only place I was at for a short time. I worked at Buffalo Jeans. But it was actually, a, it was a company based out of Montreal. And it was a good experience because it was so small mm-hmm. and I had no experience, but had like also no boss. I, I was kind of working directly for the owners and I sort of had to do everything myself. 
Yes. And I was in a satellite office. I was in New York and everybody else was in Montreal. So I didn't have any like real team around me. And I was faxing all the tech packs and sketches and direction every night to the factories in Asia. At the time we were faxing, I still don't have a computer. So I haven't really like gotten with the times. But back then that was how we did it. I'd write everything out, Mm -hmm. hand sketch it and fax it. Wow. Yeah. Wait, back up. You still don't have a computer to this day. I'm not very computery. Yeah, I'm not I tech savvy. I don't think either. I would know how to like the little oh. glitch that you had. I don't think I'd know how to fix that. <laughs> Literally, all I did was just exit out and then restart it and prayed. I was like, yeah. I hope this fucking works. Not very computery, but I'm very technologically like savvy with a phone. Okay. So I can get like anything done on a phone. Okay. That's amazing. Like phone whiz. So I worked at Buffalo Jeans for like a year. Okay. Like, not that long. And then one of my friends who's actually here now. She worked at Abercrombie. She was one of my friends from college. Mm-hmm. And she, like, had suggested me. And I was like, there's no way I'm moving to Ohio. I don't know how to drive. Like, I'm not moving to Ohio. Like, yeah. I loved New York. I was from New York. And then finally, like, after you graduate college and you could first live in New York City by yourself, you're like, now I'm going to move to Ohio. I would that. <laughs> but I did it. I had planned. I got on the phone when when I had a, you know, decline on the job. I had thought about it a lot. I was like, going to say no and had a whole, like, plan. But by the time I hung up the phone, I had said yes. Don't know why that's sort of always been like a struggle of mine is sort of like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take control of this situation. I'm going to do this. But in that case, I think it ended up like, you know, working out for the best. Like sometimes I think I like roll with things and hope that they're going to go well and let the chips fall where they may. And it's not a great strategy. But in in that case, I think it was. I mean, I mean, clearly, because look at you now. (laughs) There for like eight years. And okay. A lot of my friends ended up coming you know, it was like being in college again. It was like a very extended college life. Cool. Because you lived, we lived in this like kind of small town and everyone that was there was there just for work. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like everybody had like roots there. And we all just like hung out together and did everything together. So I spent a lot of time there and I was a designer and then eventually wanted to do something bigger picture. And mm-hmm. I, I wanted to do concepts. So at the time, and I think now a lot of companies have teams that kind of just do whatever their seasonal concept is and all of their design direction, big right. ideas. So I got moved to that team and I did all the women's brands. So Abercrombie, Abercrombie Kids, Hollister, the time Rule, Gilly Hicks. That was the brand. And so that was my mostly on the women's growing side. up. <laughs> and it was the really good years and the oh, stuff yeah. that we did was amazing. And it was a great experience. And I loved working there. Yeah. I loved working for Mike Jeffries, who was the CEO. Okay. Such a visionary. Yeah. And so I feel like I learned a lot from him about like being really direct with building brands and having like strong vision and not wavering and creating sort of an image that didn't need a brand like name under it. You just looked at the, the picture and you knew what you brand it was. Knew. Yeah. Yeah. And that was what all the photography and everything around that brand. It, there wasn't a lot of like logos and like signs. And yeah. There were no signs on the store. There was all white just shutters and yep. blue awnings. And it was all very direct. And everybody who like worked there was just really like lived and breathed the culture and like really loved the brand. And I was the least preppy person in the world. But I adopted I I easily. But I they can't picture you wearing Abercrombie. couldn't wear black. Oh, I, I was really into it. I wore like all low-rise chinos and little cargos yes. with like little tight polos and baby tees. And They're so cute. It was a vibe back then. It was. All the like lace cardigans under the camis or under yes. the Henleys and all, a lot of low-rise jeans. Anyways. 
a lot of Birkenstocks. I don't know. That was just sort of the vibe. That was what we wore. (laughs) And I went all the way with it. That's like a common thread with successful people. I feel like they have to go all or nothing. Yeah. So I did that for eight or so years and Uh moved to New York in the middle of it with concept out of New York. And it's great. And after I left there, I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do. I thought about working at a magazine because I was always really into magazines, like editorials and stuff, but like a teen magazine that was sort of like more of the wave. I was into sort of like the big commercial teen, young, fun market was like kind of what I gravitated towards. I would have been happy like, you know, being the editor or whatever, like 17 (laughs) over like, I don't think I'd be so good at like ID or like whatever. So then I went to interview for a job at Victoria's Secret and they were looking for somebody to do like the stuff for the fashion shows and like whatever, like really sexy, fun stuff. Amazing. And at the time, I guess like I've always sort of sort of like grown with whatever age I'm at. I'm sort of like designing for around that age and younger. And so have this like whatever, forever young, like wanting to be forever young, you kind of keep some connection to like, yeah, you, the fountain that, of youth <laughs> that I really believe like is one of the greatest things about like my kids or kids probably having kids in general is just sort of that being able to like tap into sort of like a younger totally through kids. And I have like the coolest possible ones, but I know they're uh, so freaking cool. We'll talk about them in a second, <laughs> but yeah. So, so I went to go for this job and they were like, there's no way that you're right for this job. You're definitely like not sexy-ish or like sexy enough for it or into whatever. I didn't have a portfolio of like lace bras and panties. I would right. have been more into like cotton rib with like a- Like the pink stripe. stuff kind of. <laughs> yeah. Love pink. Okay. A lot of graphics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like just fun, cotton, chill, casual. Yeah. Anyway, so they were like, you're not right for this job, but we have like a new like concept in the works. And we think you could be really good for it. And so that was was pink. And at the time, it was oh. just an idea. And so I got the job. Mm-hmm. It took a long time. And then my first day or so, I think I came in with a sweatpant. Yeah. At the time, I was wearing all these free city, like, yes. bright colored sweatpants and these CNC, like, yep. tanks and Ugg boots. It was very, like, parasol. That was the thing. Yeah, there was pink sweatpants and Ugg boots. A vibe. Mm-hmm. The but at the time they were free city. So we would come to right. LA and we would buy them and it was like, you know, such a vibe. And I loved that look. And I was like, you know, tried to really get that idea. Whenever I had an idea at Abercrombie, I'd have to stand up on the concept team like like I was in a court of law and try to like <laughs> sell these people this idea. And then I'll back down easily. Like I'm very like yeah. firm when I believe in something. I really like go all the way with it. That's amazing. And I'm not like very soft about it. It could be a little bit more, I guess, aggressive. But <laughs> That's good though. That's how you get shit done. I get my point across, I guess. And so, <laughs> and so I was like, this brand should be about this sweatpant. And I came in with this sweatpant and they thought I was kind of nuts. But at the time it was a super small team. And the woman who was my boss was the CEO. And she was like, well, let's do it. Let's try it. And I was so scared. They were all shopping shops in Victoria's Secret, but it was going to like kind of test in, I don't know, let's say a hundred stores. It wasn't that many. It might've okay. been less. It might've been more. I don't really remember. Yeah. But I was so scared I right bet. before the sweatpants were going to come out because it was basically like a little boy's like fruit of the loom or Hanes type sweatpants. I remember. I owned, and 
Yeah. Like nobody was doing it that like in a commercial way. And I remember like the girl on the production team trying them on. She was like, who's going to wear this? And I was like, let's get more opinions in here. Let's have more people <laughs> try them on. And then like the woman who was my boss like came in and she was like, I think it's good. Like, I think people are going to like it. And I think they still make those sweatpants now to this day. It was like such an iconic thing. It truly, truly so, was with the pink on the butt. The first one we did had pink on the butt, like in a Helvetica kind of font. Yep, arched, I remember. And it had a dog. Yep, I remember um, having those. And the dog was like a prop in the window. And at yes. the time, having come from Abercrombie, we had this moose and we had a number. And so yep. I was like, when we build this brand, we have to have an icon and a number. So we came up with like 80 and 86 because every number was taken. But those two numbers, it was like, well, maybe that was the years, around the years that this customer was born, you oh, know, that's at the cool. time. Yeah, that's a good idea. And so that was kind of how we how we got the dog and the, and the number. And then we sort of adopted this model, very similar to, I guess, the way that we do stuff at Skims, where mm-hmm. we just sort of had this thing that we, we did over and over again and made it like new every whatever, six times a year, something like that. Yeah. But that sweatpants just like kept going and going and going and going and going. So it was yeah. all like new through colors and graphics. And I cannot believe you came up with the sweatpant concept at Pink. That is huge. Yeah. yeah. And what else did we do? That was so fun there. Like the whole panty bar with all the oh my gosh, graphics and prints. So and it's always funny to me that there was that documentary that like, you know, whoever was dirty minds, this was, you know, know. there was some guy, some (laughs) man at the head of a company coming up with all those like messages and prints and stuff, but it, it wasn't, it was really like a bunch of us, like girls. Yeah. That was how it actually happened. Wow. (laughs) That is so freaking cool. So yeah. So it wasn't so bad, but yeah. And I loved working there also. I bet. I bet it was so fun. And then from Pink, then did you go to Skims or did you have something in between? No, then I consulted a bunch for a few people who I still am close to. One was a lingerie brand Mm -hmm. and the other was like sort of a fast fashion company out of Europe. Okay. So I did a bunch of that and my best friend and I started like our own brand, which we had so much fun doing and we were really successful. And we started with like maybe $10,000 between the two of us. And I don't know, we were making like a million dollars in our first year. For us, that was like huge because we yeah. started with nothing and we did it just the two of us. We didn't have like anybody else employed. That's incredible. And so we did that for a while and it was called Love Leather. And we made like a lot of like leather mesh, like basketball tanks. And we had a licensing kind of deal with them. Yeah, and we made, I had like MBA graphics on them and we got like Rihanna and like, Alicia Keys and people like that wearing and just wow. celebrities and stuff wearing. And then one of my like coworkers or I think it's the CFO at, at Hank when I worked there had gone to go work for Kanye who was working on something and he had suggested that we meet. And then so then I met Kanye and then started just working there. And that was that for a while, which wow. was great in its own way. And I guess spent like eight or so years doing that. And then it was like a natural segue into going yeah. to, to Skims because, you know, we had worked so much on, on Kim's you. like look and, yeah. and and whatever fit into her world. Mm-hmm. I sort of like knew it really well. Kim had such a strong vision for the brand. We had such a clear path. And I think that's probably what made it really successful. Yeah. It's probably the most successful brand that like exists right now, I feel like. I don't know the actual statistics, but I feel like <laughs> <Neither>. there. <laughs> but I feel like it's pretty accurate when I say that because it is everywhere. And I love how simple the concept is. Like 
I feel like you've just always been on the cusp of like the next trend. How do you know before that the things that you've worked on are going to take off? Like, where do you draw your inspiration from? I just, aren't you scared? I mean, <laughs> there's so many things well, that I want to ask. I think I'm scared always, but I think I'm always just sort of like really going from like gut instinct of what I think is going to be cool for whatever it is that I'm working on. I don't really think I go by trends or anything like that. Yeah. I look at like pop culture and stuff like that. I look at fashion maybe more for like myself. It doesn't always really relate as much to the stuff I'm working on, especially like Right. Now it doesn't relate as much. Well, maybe a little bit, but I definitely don't like look at every fashion show or that. I don't do all that kind of stuff as much as I probably, I probably should do more. No, I think it's good because then you have tunnel vision and then you're not being influenced, you know, subconsciously even. We don't even know how much we're being influenced. And I feel like it's good to just stay in your lane and focus on what you like. And clearly it's been super successful for you. Yeah. I mean, we're so focused on Kim you know, a lot of it's driven by her and what she likes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so cool. I love your story so much. It's so inspiring. So let's get into, like, some of your motherhood stuff. So did you always know that you wanted to be a mother? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I understand that everything's right for everybody. But for me, like, that would be, like, super, super important. Yeah, because you are so career-oriented and you're such a successful businesswoman, like, Was it hard for you when you got pregnant to kind of accept that you were pregnant or were you kind of ready for it and you were ready to take that step? I don't know. It was hard for me to accept it, but it definitely didn't, you know, it wasn't like I was sitting there planning it. You're just kind of surprised. Yeah. But yeah, for sure, like ready for it though. Yeah. How old were you when you got pregnant with your first? 29 maybe. Okay. Yeah. I was 27. That's perfect. Yeah, it was good. And so then my second son, Thurston, Harlow, my older son, Thurston, came like 15 months later. Uh-huh. Is that considered an Irish, Irish twin? Twins. Yeah. But yeah, like you said earlier and you touched on earlier, is like you draw a lot of inspiration from the younger generation and you're not really ever creating for a more mature demographic. It's more Maybe for like— Maybe someday I will. Exactly. Sort of plotting yeah. what that'll be like. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do really cool older yeah. older ladies' clothes. That'll be so cool. <laughs> Something totally different than it's ever existed. <laughs> yeah. My friend Natalia and I will we'll do that together. We'll start, Is that your best we'll start friend? A brand. Yes. We'll start a brand that will just be for sort of the coolest older ladies. Yes. We need that. That's who like, like go to really nice lunches. And yes. How would you describe your personal style? Because I feel like you look so just like, effortlessly cool all the time and just, but like still comfortable, <laughs> yeah. but just like. I don't know, I guess I don't take so many, I wish I took more, more risks, risks, but I don't really, because I feel like I have like so many things already, like, you know, right. so I kind of just go with a more understated. But I'm a big shopper. I really, I yeah. really like shopping. Okay. How, mm-hmm. how, like, how often do you I shop? I'm like always shopping in some sort of way, whether it's like Online or in a store. Yeah, I was going to say, is it mostly online or is it in Shopping, stores? both. I just am always like looking for stuff. Yeah, and staying on top of what's hot right now. I buy a lot of stuff. A lot of my clothes are probably like not firsthand. Really? Oh. Most probably. Really? That's awesome. Yeah. I like it that way because then I feel like the things aren't as common or whatever. At totally. The yeah. So where, are you, where do I buy stuff? 
Yeah, I feel like you probably don't want to give away your secret. <laughs> no, I don't think it's. I don't think it's that. I think I like I buy stuff like on the real real or I you know, know places real, real. like that. Yeah, Esther. Yeah, the real real is great. Those types of places, definitely a lot of vintage, and then I think I like to mix in like good basics, basics that are quality jeans, sweaters, stuff like that. Shoes I probably would spend the most on. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think I would be most into having the right shoes because everything else could be really simple. Totally. Yeah. It pulls the whole entire look together, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I would love to see your closet. Not that exciting at all. <laughs> I mean, I wish I could have a good closet. I mean, I look at some really great closets I'm sure. all the time. I'm sure. And I'm just like, how can I not get it together where I could like have a good closet? Like, <laughs> I should after all these years of like buying stuff, think I should have good stuff, but I also buy things and then I wear them a lot. Yeah. Like a lot, a lot. And I'm hard on stuff and I'm never precious with anything. I know. I either. wish like I would take better care of things, but I think that's part of like who I am. I do a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of stuff fast. And to fit it all in, like something has to give. Totally. If I was like a more careful person who did less. Yeah. I'd have more time to have like a really beautiful organized closet. There are some people who are, do a lot of stuff and have really beautiful organized closets, but maybe they have like help. I just can't like get it together. Yeah. I feel you on that. What is Kim like? I've never met her in person. What is she like to work with? Lovely. Yeah. Super lovely. I feel like that's what everyone Super says. Super lovely. Yeah. Great vibes. Yeah. Knows what she likes. Great business person. Really smart. So smart. She's such an amazing businesswoman. I mean, so is Chris. They're all. <laughs> yeah. Super great. So what is it like raising kids in general in this day and age? Terrifying. When I was a kid, my parents would never have, like, they wouldn't have, like, engaged in the way that I feel like parents now are <laughs> engaging in some things. And I'm like, there are some things I don't need to engage in. Yeah. More when you get into, like, kids having boyfriends and girlfriends at young ages, like that kind of thing. Yeah. I'm lucky I have, like, great kids who, of course, they make some stupid decisions. How but they're old are not, they again? 15 and 16. Oh, you're in the thick of it right now. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm like, dodge the whole bullet of like partying kind of oh, like. that's amazing. You know, when kids like drink and. That's so rare. Drugs. I think I'll dodge that bullet. I feel like I've raised kids that are like smart enough to know like their yeah. limits, know what to engage in, what not to engage in. Totally. Whatever your friends are doing to have, whatever, like don't, don't get Do like too. <laughs> that's a good, that's good advice. <laughs> yeah, like. I was never ever a kid who was like drunk at a party, like as a teenager. I don't even think I've ever been drunk as an adult. Really? And that's not to say I don't drink. I do. Right. I just like everything. I'm a very like moderation person. Yeah. You I like do everything. Control. I smoke. I drink. I do everything. But in moderation. Which I didn't smoke. It probably doesn't go well with your podcast of like healthy moms and no, balance and I mean, fitness. I'm like not. But like that's such an important message for everyone to hear is that everything in your life, it has to be in moderation. Everything. Yeah. All right, my MILF fam, as you all know, I'm always looking for ways to aid in becoming the most optimal version of myself mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And one of the things I do to support myself in doing this is by taking my vitamins every single day. And I know it can be overwhelming sometimes with all of the supplement brands out there. 
But one brand that I've been a huge fan of for years now is Wealthy. Two products I absolutely love by them is the Her and the Sweat. And they just recently sent me the Vision Gummies, which I am so excited to try and see the results from. Get it? See the results from the Vision Gummies? Which I think is so cool that they are pioneering advocacy for vision health because, you know, we're always looking at our screens every day. And it's something that I think a lot of people just put on the back burner and dismiss. But the HER is a great way for women to get their daily dose of biotin, vitamins A, B, C, D, E, calcium, hyaluronic acid, magnesium, and selenium. Just all of the great things that us women need and are probably lacking and it's all in one. And then the sweat is something I like to take before a workout to just help enhance my burn with the natural caffeine. And there's also dandelion root in there to help with my metabolism and digestion. The quality of these supplements are just next level. And I'm telling you, you have to go check them out. If you use the code MILFBOD, you get 25% off your first order when you go check out at imwealthy.com. That's code MILFBOD, M-I-L-F-B-O-D at checkout at imwealthy, I-M-W-E-L-L-T-H-Y.com to get 25% off your first order. Enjoy, everybody. So yeah, raising raising kids, like now giant nice. teenagers and my, my kids are really tall. They are, I have yeah. some pictures of me when I was like bending down to like being a picture beside them. And now my I'm younger son up. is six seven. What? Six seven. Oh my God. Super tall. That's crazy. Well, because you're pretty tall too. I mean, you're not short. Sort of. I'm not short. I'm like five eight, five eight and a half. Yeah. I'm probably shrinking. So I'm probably five eight. Oh, was five eight and a half. And then David, right? Mm-hmm. He's he's like, how are your kids so tall? <laughs> I think it's from my like my grandmother. Your side and of the yeah. Were, we're tall. Wow. What would you say the biggest lesson you've learned from being a mother? What's motherhood taught you? I think one of the things and I was talking about this. There's so many like trade offs. I didn't grow up with like money or lots of resources in that way. I grew up like super, super humble, small, like humble beginnings. beginnings. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm still paying like my college loans and stuff. But I had parents that had some vision, even if they didn't have anything else. They had some vision and some like direct vision that kind of like, you know, helped me sort of carve out a path because all I really care about is like raising kids that have happy lives that, you know, they can sort of support themselves and they're, you know, they have that sort of balance and that they're good people, like that they're healthy, I guess. Totally. So I think that my parents were good at having the vision to, you know, if they didn't have all the other things, at least like they kind of like guided me with some sort of like direct path. So maybe I have like a little bit more of vision and a little bit more to give my kids, but I think that everything's sort of a little bit of a trade-off. Like you could have parents, you could have a mom that stays home every day mm-hmm. and isn't working. Maybe you, you know, grow up with sort of like a little bit less, but you have that. And then those kids, they're super lucky. Yeah. And then you have a mom that, you know, works every day and isn't there and is away on holidays and like, you know, all this stuff, but you have a little bit more, which is better. I don't, I mean, I know. it doesn't sound better. 
you know, I try to overcompensate for, I guess my kids have heard people say to them throughout the years, thanks for lending me your mom. Like, I, you know, I know like she's Aww. working all the time or gone all the time. So yeah, I feel like I made that like sacrifice and sort of trade off, but I try to like make up for it with giving them like hopefully vision, showing them lots of stuff, taking them lots of places. Yeah. Exposing you know, them. Being to there when I, when I can. Yeah. And, and so I'm more and more. Yeah, I feel like you're very good at balancing it as best as you can because you are super busy. So, it, you know, I think that you've probably influenced both of them in such big ways because aren't they both pretty creative people as well? Yeah. Okay. For sure. Yeah. My son goes to Los Angeles County High School for the Arts. Amazing. So I drive him there every morning. It's like an hour there and an hour from me from there to get to work. So I'm like, Always wow. in the car. That's a big sacrifice. And just so, right there. Yeah. So yeah, definitely both creative kids who yeah, hopefully will have good like directions and do something that they really like love doing. Because to me, that's like so massive. You spend so much of your time. Like, totally. It's you know, so I spend important. so much of my time working. I've always really had great work ethic. I definitely got that from my mom working all the time and grandmother working all the time. And so... I feel like I come from like a place of like strong, strong like, women. women. Yeah. It's so good to have that as a role model, especially nowadays. I feel like it's very common for kids to grow up with very little work ethic. I feel like a lot of kids just think that things are just handed to you and that things just happen overnight. So it's good to see, you know, your own mother hustling all the time and working her ass off and you know, you're setting such a great example for them. So I'm trying to do that as well for Hunter, but also creating a balance, like you said, because I think it's important to show them that you work hard, but also give them the time and the direction that they need. So yeah, ooh, I know I've got a long ways to go, but I <laughs> can't imagine 15, the 16. The little kid phase <laughs> is so fun. I was so into um, I know. little kids. Yeah. Like I love, love, love like, um, well, babies to six, seven. Yeah. So fun. I know. I was like really into the birthday parties all had like themes and I made t-shirts and <laughs> Awesome. Stickers and posters. And I remember Harlow's birthday is like about election day. And so for his second birthday, I didn't even know anyone invited. I went so all out. I there, I like, you know, <laughs> spent all this time and I made so much stuff and I, I embroidered and sewed patches on everything. And I was like so into it. I was super crafty. Awesome. Every single event, I made like crazy photo albums. I was like a scrapbook queen. Oh. But anyways, so I did this like vote Harlow for president. Theme. Oh my God, that's awesome. And I had a friend that was a graphic <laughs> designer and I like silk screened all these posters and it was like Harlow for president, vote Harlow, vote like whatever. <laughs> and then I made t-shirts and I had pink dogs because I was like whatever and it's pink dogs. Yeah. And I had stars and stripes and I like set up the tables, like stars and stripes and I had a dog at every seat and I had somebody like come and oh my sing God. and I had like all this election day themed food. That is And I so did it epic. all my like all myself. It yeah. wasn't like I was like hired like Mindy Weiss or something. Like I right. just, I thought it was like so fun. And then I made an album and I had all the stickers and I, the fact that I like designed graphics for each of their birthday, I feel like was really forward. That's kind of in line with what I would do now. I was for really sure. ahead of the times. So yeah, so I, I really remember that. And so I always went <laughs> all the way with things like 
kids' birthdays. That's so cool. I hope they kept some of that stuff. Oh, I kept some. Okay, good. I, I good. printed every photo. That's the other yeah, thing about know. now that I, like, am not as good at. Plus, I don't take photos of my kids at this stage. They're like, no, we don't want to be in a photo. Right. And then they post some, like, obscure photo where it's, like, yeah. part of their face and their Instagrams <laughs> yeah. and their photo. Like, it's great. And they make all these collages and stuff. And they're mm-hmm. creative. But it's not like, okay, this is exactly what you looked like. Yeah. You know, and you take, like, a first day of school picture when you're a kid. Yeah. I did that for so long, and then I sort of lost the way and, like, let them just yeah. creative direct their own. Yeah. Bands. It's hard to sustain. <laughs> Once they get a certain age, they're just not into it anymore. Yeah. Harlow older. is the younger one. And, older. Oh, the older one. And okay. Kirsten's younger. Okay. Okay. That's so cool. I bet they're going to look back on that one day and be like— that was so epic that my mom did that. That's so awesome. Yeah, I think. But the thing is, I'm then sure. they even remember those times when you spend all that time on their parties. <laughs> I don't know. How old was he when you did that? The- two. Oh, two. I mean, he doesn't remember. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I have pictures. That's why I have the yeah, album. exactly. I mean, it was crazy. That's awesome. But then I did it, like, every year after. I had, like, great ones for all of them. I just really remember that one because it was, like, the first one. Totally. Sounds like you went all out, too. I went too. all out. Yeah. Like, the cake was so cool. Like, I went all the way with the theme. That's cool. So that was, like, one of my favorite things about, like, being a mom in those young years is, like, yeah. sort of going all the way with all the— All the fun stuff. Fun stuff. Yeah. But I, like, I didn't do it in just, like, some big cookie-cutter kind of way. I was sitting there, like, his bathroom was white at the time, and mm-hmm. I had this, like, round shower, and I had, like, these white shower curtains canvas, and I— Bought all these vintage patches while I was pregnant, like patches, like lots on eBay and Etsy and whatever of like old patches from the 70s, 80s, 90s, like whatever, rock music and patches when I was younger. So I had a bunch of like, you know, whatever, Metallica, Poison, like Warrant, you know, Skid Row kind of like patches and whatever. And so that mixed with like a hand like embroidered with embroidery thread, just like messages and graphics all over them. And I covered, so it was like the size of this table. Uh-huh. And I did two giant ones because, you know, the tub was round. So I had to have one on one side and one on another. Can you imagine like two two giant shower curtains yeah. full of patches and embroidery. Wow. And my fingers would like bleed and I would sit there and sew them at night. But I just didn't think it through because things like shower curtains don't last forever. So I had like, it was, <gasps> would have been like Thousands of dollars, if you would actually oh probably God. imagine. I mean, I didn't pay thousands of dollars for all the patches. A lot of them were found and stuff. But, like, what all that would have been worth if I wouldn't have, like— Wow. And I kind of, like, didn't know what to do with it after when I moved. I, like, tried to it? take some of them off so I could, like, repurpose them. My friend Keenan, mm-hmm. who I think that you know from Skims, she's, like, the oh, yeah, whatever yeah. designer. Okay. She just had a baby. And so oh. we were, like, trying to think of what to get her. And so I— I was in a vintage store and I bought a bunch of like, they had really good kid stuff and it was all really cheap. So I bought like a little jean jacket and a little like hoodies and sweatshirts, t-shirts with like Pac-Man graphics on them. And I gave them to our team and I was like, everybody embroider or put a patch on this jean jacket. Like everybody like, you know, embellish it. And they all were like scared because they they were like, I don't know what she means and I don't want to like mess it up. So (laughs) I took it home and I'm the kind of person who, when I was in college, the insides of all of, like, the clothes that I would have to make for school, like, were just, like, 
a mess. Like everything was like tied together and taped together. Like I'm not very neat. I'm not very yeah. good with construction. So I embroidered on the back, like bottom bands. I heart mom, but it was like, it wasn't done like in some like pro needlepoint kind of like. Yeah. But that, home, that's home what makes it teacher cool. kind of way. I just put I heart mom. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of kick started it. And some of the girls on my team were like, actually like taking a course of how to like chain stitch the perfect cherry but it all kind of came together really well but the jacket the baby was her name is june she's the cutest thing ever oh my god she's like super small she's like five pounds when she was born really small wow my kids were 10 three when well harlow was 10 three when he was born so she was half (laughs) what harlow was bless you you. and so we put the jacket on her and she'll fit into when she's like Five. Yeah. It was small, but I mean, <laughs> but we put it on her. We took all these pictures and it was oh just really cute. Gosh. Yes, my my child was 10 3 when he was born. Um, are and you okay? I looked like How I was you? like having I mean, people would be like, are you having twins or are you having triplets? That is it was very like a forward kind of pregnant person. Like, like it projected a lot. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like when I was not that pregnant, I looked really pregnant. Wow. I mean, yeah, because you had a 10 pound baby. <laughs> yeah. And I That's got him crazy. out. I don't know how I did it, but I got him out. We're amazing. We're warriors. Yeah. I remember like being in the elevator leaving w- with him. Like when yeah. you leave the hospital at time with a with a first baby and you're like, we have to take this home now and like take care of it. It's such a scary What feeling. are we gonna do with it? Yeah. It was like terrifying, but I remember saying in the elevator, because I thought I had like shattered my pelvis because he's yeah. so big that I couldn't really walk. I felt like I could only walk like backwards. Oh. So I had to like, whatever, do physical therapy and sit in one of those donuts for like a while, whatever. Yeah. But um, but it was from like the episiotomy or something that I felt that way. And so I remember saying in the elevator, like women should be like, have medals and like, paid millions of dollars to do that. And I can't believe that how many women do it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's that. It's that. And I have like a super high threshold for pain. Like, yeah, nothing really hurts me. I almost think it's like weird usually that I like don't. And I don't remember like I wasn't complaining or anything. I was just like, I can't believe that people just do that every day. It's, it's wild. It was aggressive. I know. It's so aggressive. And it's just like to think about, yeah, we've literally been doing this for millions of years is crazy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Women are incredible. And in places where there aren't like full hospitals right? and like, I don't know. I have it's, no idea. It's amazing. Everybody, they deserve medals yeah. or I've, lots of money or something, whatever they want. <laughs> Absolutely. <No. laughs> yeah. Or just um, to really be like appreciated for, you know, that whole. Yeah. We don't get enough credit birth experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's move into the acronym MILF now that we're on the topic of motherhood. What are some things that you do to stay mindful? And it doesn't have to be like necessarily like sitting down and meditating for a half an hour every day. It's just like, how do you keep your head clear? Because I'm sure that you're always on the go. You're busy all the time. So what are some things that help you like manage? I would oddly say that I have like the best, the best, best friend probably like on the planet. Like it's like, makes me like teary to like think about it. But yeah, I guess I spend a lot of time talking on the phone with her. So I feel like that's huge. And then I try to spend like an afternoon, like on the weekend or whatever Mm -hmm. with my boys. And Thurston, for some reason, is like super like calming and grounding to me. We have like so much fun together. And Harlow 
he and I like similar things so we can go and like spend time together. Cool. And, you know, we like to do all, all the same things. We both like shopping. We both like art. We both like right. all the same things. We both like could spend a day in a bookstore, like yeah. that kind of stuff. That's so cool that they're each so different. I yeah. love that. Personality-wise, really like different. Cool. Yeah. So for you, it's it's a lot about like the relationships that you have and the connections that you have that helps you stay mindful. Yeah. It's so, so important. That's something that I need to work on. And I think as I get older, I tend to just be more introspective and it's helpful for me to spend more alone time. But I think that I need to incorporate more just like spending that quality time with friends or you know, just someone that means a lot to me. And I do that with Hunter, but like, yeah, I love that. That's such a good point. Yeah. I have like lots of really good friends. Oh. Like, so I feel like lucky and they've all been it's like friends your family. for a really long time. Yeah. That's awesome. Did yeah. you meet a lot of them going to RISD? Some, yes. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, some. But most of them through like work stuff. Yeah. But, like, my very first job. Like, when yeah. I worked at Buffalo in Montreal, I met, my like, one of my best friends. And so That's friends awesome. kind of, like, sprouted off from her. But what are the chances that she and I would have met? I mean, she grew up in Montreal. I lived in New York. And then I got introduced to her when mm-hmm. I was in Montreal. And, like, she has been, like, a sister to me for, I don't know, like, 27 years or something like that. Yeah. And, like— I wouldn't have met her if I didn't do this one stupid job that I did for, like, less than a year. That's right. what it, like, brought to me. It was, totally. like, her. That lifelong friendship. That's so yeah. cool to think about. Yeah. I know. It's, like, the smallest little decisions of our lives can change the whole entire outcome. Totally. How do you listen to your intuition? Oh, I'm such a from-the-gut intuition yeah. person. I mean, I'm very logical. I'm not that analytical. I don't know. I don't, like, sit in— um, I'm not sitting and overthinking things and getting, like, facts from, like, outside. I'm sitting and, like, I react to sort of, like, my gut. What you're feeling Mm -hmm. at that moment. That's cool. But with everything, like, so much of me is, like, driven that way. I have have to, like, be able to balance, like, a little bit more logic and intuition. But I don't know. I tend to go more on the intuition, like. Yeah, and just acting on however you feel in the moment. That's awesome. I mean, it's gotten you to where you are today. So that's great. Are you going to ask about fitness next? First, I'm going (laughs) to, first, I'm going to ask about your lifestyle non-negotiables. Okay. So what are some of your lifestyle non-negotiables? Just like, I don't know, things that you do to make you feel like the best version of yourself. I don't know. Like, I don't feel like I do enough for myself or have like enough boundaries. Enough time. I'm the kind of like person who Like, my kids will be like, can you pick me up? And it'll be, like, 11 o'clock at night. And I'll be like, of course I'll go and pick you up. Like, 11 o'clock is is an exaggeration. But, like, I spend most of my time, like, free time driving them around and helping them to do all the things that they want to do. And I feel like I have to do that. Because some of the things I was talking about earlier and because I live in such, like, a kind of a remote place. And most of everything they want to do and their friends are all, like, you know, in the city or whatever. And so I feel like I have to make myself sort of flexible to them for all that. So I boundaries, I feel like I'm not as good at, Mm -hmm. but I definitely think there's things I do every day. Of course, like I care about my closet and my, then skincare and, you know, yeah. Eating healthy and all, all that stuff. But I feel like I need to be 
better at all of those things. Yeah. I mean, we can all improve in some but sort of way. But I don't have like good, you don't have you like know, a routine. rituals. Yeah. I feel like I need to like get a little bit more like Kourtney Kardashian in my <laughs> like life because she's <laughs> probably like the queen of that kind of stuff. But I, she truly is. I would be like her polar opposite. Yeah. But it's like you're expending so much energy giving out, you know, your time to your kids that you know, it's hard sometimes to pull back and be like, okay, I need to give some of this to myself. But you're giving them the best quality of life by living where you do. And then, you know, you're sacrificing your time by having to like drive them places and things like that. So, I mean, I'm sure living in Malibu in itself is just like so healing and sort of, I don't really know anybody in Malibu other than Isaiah and Lisa. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't spend as much time there. I end up leaving every day. Like, I'm always getting out of town. Yeah. But I do appreciate the nights. Yeah. When everybody is, like, sleeping, that I can, like, go outside and I'm in a quiet place that feels really calm. Oh, that's Or that I could wake up on a weekend, like, a bit later and feel like I'm in a place that's really calm. Because I like living in a city. Like, I could live in New York, no problem. But for here, I don't think I would like as much the feeling of, like, you know, living in places that would be, like, too close like I appreciated my house in Malibu because it was really, really quiet. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm so full on during the days and with so many people and doing so much. I would have never thought that I would like that because I've always been very into the living in the city. Yeah. That's great. I mean, to have that just like peace and tranquility, I feel like is so, so important. It's a really quiet place. Like, yeah. But then it, it has its major, major downfalls with the one road in and out. And that yeah, road is like a death wish driving on it every it day. Is. And if it rains, we never have power, I feel like. Oh, <laughs> There's a up. lot of stuff about living out there that's yeah. the wind. I mean, it's great. It feels the elements. Like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're out there. Huh? Okay. So now I'm going to ask you about your fitness routine. Yes. <laughs> Love. This is like another area where I definitely need to um, improve. But I have an unbelievable like amount of energy, I think, for how old I am and for the amount I do. I'm not lazy. Like I'll go and do whatever. I'm always running around. I'll all like walk everywhere if I could. That's what I loved about New York was like living in a place where I didn't have to drive and I could walk all the time. I know. But for here, for what I would do that I would do like on the weekends that I feel is the most enjoyable like form of exercise. I don't think I'll ever be the kind of person who'd be like super working out or like ever be like, you know, so muscular and fit like, like you are. I mean, I love the way it looks. It's just like I would never, ever get to that place. Yeah. Um, It would be like I'd have to like transform into a whole nother person. But something has to give. So like I definitely don't do that. But I love like going on hikes and being outside and also walks both. But where I live, there's like lots of trails around me. So I do that. Oh, that's so nice. And if I could like go on bike rides around a city, like I wasn't afraid as a mom to like whatever, put the kids on bike and ride around New York City. Like, I'm not, like, That's afraid awesome. of doing that stuff. Yeah. But obviously now my kids are six, seven. I wouldn't even have, like, so you can go on those tandem bikes and ride on the boardwalk or whatever in Santa Monica. But I, like, I'll go to the gym and I'll ride, I'll ride the bike in the mornings. Awesome. But not, like, Yeah, but, exciting. well, you're also, like, constantly moving all day, every day. You're, mm-hmm. You don't live a sedentary lifestyle at all. You're go, go, go nonstop. So I think that it probably contributes to 
how amazing you look. I mean, you look incredible. So wait, how how old are you? Do you want to share it or no? I'm 47. Yeah, you look incredible. You look amazing. So it's weird because as I get older, it's like the less that I want to put the time in to work out because I want to prioritize my time into other things. And I just think that, you know, walking has just saved my life. I just love it so much. Mm-hmm. And I've learned my body so well that I've realized like I don't have to be working out so hard every single day. I can just do like two to three workouts a week and be good. Okay. So one last question that I ask everybody at the end of each episode is if you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice, what would you say to your younger self? Hmm. I wish I wouldn't have spent the amount of time I spent being sad or like let down or depressed by anything, whether it was relationships or like the way something worked out. Yeah. Like, you know, at a job, you know, of course you have to like grieve and feel like away for a certain amount of time. But I feel like to, to kind of keep moving forward, I feel like sort of like good to kind of know that things will work out. out. Yeah. That's really um, great advice. Sort of, I guess I wish that like, yeah, I could have figured out maybe some better work-life balance at some of the times I feel like, but I don't think I have any like regrets Regrets. or anything like that. Those are just things like, you know, I feel like I would have told myself totally, you know, really make sure you have your boundaries and work-life balance kind of Mm -hmm. figured out. Cause I think those things are really important. I don't think I was great at them. Yeah. I know. It's hard sometimes to not like operate on your emotions or react to your emotions. And I I definitely could have used that same advice is just like not to hold on to things for so long and just know that it's going to work out in the end. But when you're in it, it's hard to hard to, to realize that. But I feel like you go through those things. I guess I'm getting maybe a little bit better as I get older, but because you got to like, you know, be in the moment and like kind of make the best of because we're not here for that long. It's like, I know. Be better at taking control of yeah. your life. For sure. I know. All right, Kim. Well, <laughs> I used to remember my first podcast. I know. Terrified to see what I happens, popped your podcast, but... Cherry. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, I'm so excited to see what the future holds for you. I feel like even though you've already accomplished so much in your life, I feel like it's honestly like just the beginning. So I'm very excited and I'm so excited to see where Skims goes because, I mean, it's just on such a crazy upward trajectory and it's just the most amazing brand. It's my favorite. So congratulations on that, (laughs) on, you know, creating and working on one of the most iconic and successful brands. It's amazing. Okay, Kim. Well, thank you so much for being here and taking the time out of your Super busy schedule. I appreciate you so much. And we will talk very soon. Sounds good. Thank you all for listening to the show. I hope you gained some insight on how to practice becoming more mindful, learn the importance of listening to your intuition, gained some lifestyle takeaways and fitness tips. You can find me on Instagram at Cherokee Luker and the podcast at MILFBODPOD. So make sure you follow me to access exclusive content to help you become a better you, a better mother, and a better human. Talk to you guys next week about all things MILF.